This episode of Comics for Fun and Profit is brought to you by Threadless. More importantly, the Comics Fun Profit shop on Threadless at comicsfunprofit.threadless.com where you can find, oh, about half a dozen different designs, plenty of Comics for Fun and Profit themed merch. If you just want a t-shirt, you're good. And if you want sweatshirts or other swaggy items, man, you can get anything. Phone cases, shower curtains. It runs the gamut. Skateboards, I think. <laughs> so check that out. Uh, we've already sold several. We're excited about the fact that the folks that want to support us in this way are able to and uh, wear our merch out into in the real world. That's pretty exciting stuff. So... Uh, yeah, get your comics for fun and profit, branded items at comicsfunprofit.threadless.com. Aloha, it's Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing writer Paul Cornell. He is here to promote his latest series, Con and On from Ahoy Comics. The first issue comes out on Wednesday, July 12th. It comes out a week before San Diego Comic-Con starts, and issue two comes out on August 9th. Paul, welcome to the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm very fine. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, Paul, thank you very much. Thank you very much for doing this. Now, Paul, I'm going to go over some of your past works. Please feel free to correct me at any time. Um, listeners, Paul has has done has a incredible um has some has written some amazing things he has written a number of um doctor who novels such as the eighth doctor's adventures the shadows of avalon he has written the shadow police novels he has written a number of stories and novellas such as rosebud and a number of jonathan hamilton stories he has written a couple audio dramas such as splinter cell that was co-written by sebastian and Paul, forgive me, I'm going to, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Sebastian's last name. Bl- Blaster Whiskey? Blocker bl- Whiskey? <laughs> well, yes, we, we can make an attempt at that. I, okay. um, <laughs> I, um, I, I, I think that um, my, my, the list online of the things I have done mm-hmm. is, is, is startlingly varied and, um, uh, kind of um, all over the place. I'm a bit of an all over the place writer. I've done most things in my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've done Doctor Who in every available format, including the TV show itself. Yes, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, I say every available format. If they did Grand Opera or Sock Puppets, I'd be up for that. But um, I'm um, I, I'm I'm mainly uh, I am a comica. I am a novelist. I write audio, and sometimes I write games and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've, I've across the course of um, I think about twenty-seven years now, I have uh, I have done much that is offered to your freelance writer, and then also to um, one of your audio dramas, Splinter Cell. Yeah, um, that I just mentioned it. It now correct me if I'm wrong. It won the 2023 Grand Prix Nova Award in the drama category. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won an award for that. Quite pleasing. Um, BBC Radio 4 um, deciding to get into the podcast drama market. We got uh, the uh, computer games company on side. 
um, and did a drama set in the world of Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell, the game, with uh, effects and sound um, and music from the original game. And um, hugely successful, really pleasing to be part of that. And uh, and I'm so glad the team uh, have been rewarded with an award. Yes, well, I'm going to say congratulations. Yes. Well, thank you. I mean, that was like, literally like three weeks ago. So I'm, I'm delighted. <laughs> All right, I'm going to continue on. Paul, like you mentioned, you've written numerous, numerous novels, stories, comics, screenplays. Um, I'm going to mention a TV show that you've written a screenplay for. Just one. It was Elementary, the oh, episode. Yeah. You've Got Me, Who's Got You? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Delighted to work for Rob Doherty uh, and his amazing team. Me and Rob put that together over one Christmas. Um, and he it, it, he it, it's because it allowed him to knock his writer, writer's room off early and give them mm -hmm. a proper Christmas holiday. Yes. So I, I got to experience one meeting with that incredible writer's room of his, Robert Hewitt Wolf, people like that, big brains. Oh, yes. Um, uh, and um, then they were gone and they knocked off for the holidays and me and Rob put it together over, over the holidays. And uh, it was a great, great pleasure. Um, that's, I think it's still very underrated. I think that's one of the great TV shows. I think it'll gain and gain in. Mm -hmm in recognition and I'm delighted to have played a teeny tiny part of it. So cool. And also too, like you mentioned, you've written a numerous com in numerous comic series, Saucer Country with Ryan yeah. Kelly from Vertigo. Um we're really there with the with the Kickstarter. We've got all the art in. Um it wasn't literally a Kickstarter, it was a crowdfunder. Mm -hmm. Um we um we're just about ready to send off um, our completed editions to our backers. Um, we will. We have finished Saucer Country. I'm delighted to say. Oh, cool. Okay, all right. Um, I'm going to go back. I'm off the cuff questions. So I'm sorry. So I'm just trying to clarify. So the sauce. You guys just finished the Kickstarter. Was is it on um, the? Yeah, I, we never got to finish Saucer Country. We did um, a series with Vertigo, a series yes. with IDW, mm -hmm. and there were about five issues of story left. And so I approached Zoop, a crowdfunding company. Yes, and we finished it up, and we're going to uh, come out with a what we call the completed Saucer Country. Uh, in one volume, collecting everything, including an ending. Mm -hmm. And for those who've been on board all along and have bought all the issues, the ending is a separate issue as well, you know, because mm -hmm. we don't want to, you know, screw people out of money they don't have. So if yes. you just want the ending, we'll sell you, sell you just the ending. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's been very, very successful. And I'm delighted to say that, you know, we are just the lettering short of having done that now. And then uh, we're, we're talking to a lovely, lovely designer. And it's been, a, it's been, I have only one story untold left to tell, which mm -hmm. is the uh, Shadow Police novels now. Mm -hmm. But I'm determined to finish my career having told, having finished all my stories. And this was a major step towards that. If, if I seem a little uh, all over the place, a little uh, bit um, not on point this evening, I have literally run back from having played in a cricket match five minutes ago. I took two catches and scored precisely one run. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm, I'm really pleased with my two catches, though. Why? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you very much. Um, real quickly, the saucer country um on Zoop. Do you know when you guys will be launching that um crowdfunding oh, campaign? And, uh, uh, we, we have, sorry, we're, we're done. We've launched. Oh, it's we, done. Uh, I'm sorry. It's all gone. Um, I mean, if people listening want to um, yes. join in, they are welcome to drop me a line uh, on my on my web page. I have a, a public email that you can drop me a line at. Uh, and Zoop have been very good about adding people. But no, we've got all our backers in. We've nearly finished. We're, we are literally about to deliver. Oh, that's nice. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Um, and then one more thing I wanted to add. In 2018, you are co-hosting with your um, and I'm going to try to pronounce. Is it L M Miles? Your co-host. L M Miles. Her name is Elizabeth. Elizabeth Miles. Okay. Uh, we are co-hosts of the Hammer House of Podcast. Yes. Where um, it's a podcast where we're watching the Hammer horror movies in UK release order. Um, we are nearly there. We've, we've been at this for about five years now, and we're mm -hmm. about eight movies away from the end. And uh, it's been a terribly satisfying experience. I recorded one this morning. Oh, okay. And, uh, so um, that's that's something I'm immensely proud of. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll have some kind of sequel. We're just working out what that what that would mm -hmm. be because we have a lovely Patreon audience, and um, they've been terribly supportive, and it's been it's been great fun. Do you, because, do, uh, do you like Hammer movies? Actually, I'm going to be honest with honest with you, Paul. I think the last time I saw the Hammer movies was when I was really young, back in the 70s. <laughs> That's all I remember of the Hammer movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best I've, time. Best I time to see them. <laughs> <laughs> but I did listen to one of your recent episodes that was released on June 14, episode 64, where you guys reviewed the 1972 Hammer film, the Vampire Circus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not a great movie. Um, <laughs> we, we found something to get our teeth into, but, uh, you know, we like it when it's a good movie, and that's not a good movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think the other... Sorry, I'm kind of going off the cuff here. Um, real quickly, because I love the behind-the-scenes information that you gave, because, like you said, the um, this movie was never completed. Like the, it was, it was kind of like all of a sudden it was making it, then all of a sudden, boom, it it ends. <laughs> yeah, they they had um the boss of Hammer um just walked onto the set and said, "You are at the ending of your filming time. Whatever you've got, you've got. You're done." Yeah, and um, yeah, so it's it was kind of put together in the editing suite from what they had, mm -hmm. and, and, and it just about hangs together. But you know, we have notes. Yes. <laughs> but that is so cool because I mean this movie is that's nice because it's, this movie is 50 years old mm. and it's nice that you like you said you guys still have notes because back then I'm sure when hey we're shutting down that's it you're done you, you figured all the notes would have been tossed out or, oh, you know. Yeah. And there's a there's a lot of shots in that movie of people in silhouette desperately explaining the plot to each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Paul, I'm gonna ask, would you like to would you do you want to add anything or anything to your list? Or um honestly, no, you've come up with a, a bunch of lovely things from across my career. <laughs> okay. All right. Before I start asking you questions, I want to give a big shout out to Hannah Bahedri of Superfan Promotion for setting up this interview and for the advanced reading copy. 
Hannah, thank you very much. I'm going to ask Paul, uh, Paul, would you like to add anything to that? Oh, yeah, well, um, super fan. Hannah has been tremendous. Um, mm -hmm. I'm doing so many interviews about Con and On. There's been such a lot of interest. It's been delightful. Ahoy, who make uh, Con and On, are a wonderful company to work for. They're desperately ethical. They um, care to a fault. They want to make good comics. Yes. <laughs> and it, working for them is really reassuring and just this is just how comics should be mm -hmm. all right now also too i want to mention to our listeners i did get some of my information from screen rants article ahoy's con and on to tell the truth hilariously um history of comic cons that article was dated on june 10th of this year it was written by joe anthony merrick if you get a chance please check out um this article and i found it i came across it on paul i came across it on your website so this is the mm -hmm. perfect segue for you to promote your website your social platforms oh well if you go to paulcornell.com you'll find everything mm -hmm. um i um yeah uh, i'm on blue sky instagram that's about it linkedin that's about it oh, okay yeah all right Okay, so before um, before I start getting into asking Paul questions, I just want to make it clear to listeners that, you know, that me and Paul may talk about some of our convention experience, who knows, you know, but I just want to make it clear that, you know, if it's a bad experience that either one of us had had at a con or with a guest at a con, we will not mention their names or the conventions Oh, but if, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to do that. No, no. no yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to make it clear to listeners that mm. because we want to celebrate conventions. But if we yeah. had great experiences with guests or at a con, we're going to give a shout out and talk about that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, con and on. Um, there are a couple people that wrote some very good things about this. Um, Karen Gillian of The Wicked and Divine. Smart. Um, funny, smart, sharply observed, does what every great con does. Reminds you that while the medium is obsessed with the superheroes, the superhuman, it's the human that makes it matter for better or for worse. Well, bless him. What what and, this is, you see, is um, a uh, we we are going we are going to deliver you in five issues mm -hmm. about twenty five years in the life of a big comics con. Yes. Um, and um, it's kind of my Robert Altman movie. There's a huge cast mm -hmm. and we watch how their lives develop across these big leaps of time between yes. every issue. Mm -hmm. And um, it's about the industry. It's about how things have changed across that time in the industry. The last issue is just about up to date. The first mm -hmm. one is um, back in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um it's uh, it's satirical, but it's also deeply loving. Um, yes. You know, I I'm a huge fan of these big comics events, mm -hmm. and and it, it's full of anecdote. It's full of the anecdotes that comicers tell each other about things that happen to them at these events. Oh, okay. And um, so it was mainly a vehicle for me to tell those stories, mm -hmm. but also to we've got 
uh, a bunch of people who we check in with every few years across the whole sweep. Yes. But also in individual issues, we just have a quick page with a driver of a cycle rickshaw, with the people who tidy up afterwards, with the security teams. That's nice. Yes. We, we just want to give the whole feel of what it's like to be at a convention. And it's also about success and failure in comics. It's mm-hmm. about how opportunities arise, how sometimes you don't take them. Um, it's it, it's the life and death of comicers. And not everybody gets out of here alive mm-hmm. across the five issues um, because it's a long span of time. Mm-hmm. And um, some people turn out to be heroes. Some people never learn anything. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of the autobiography of a big comics event. Yes. I, I, sorry, no, it can't be the autobiography, the biography of a big comics event. <laughs> but and, um, that's that's the nature of the title. And and it's got, one of the things I'm very pleased about doing is the very last thing I do for every issue is I write a commentary track, like a DVD commentary track, oh, okay. which is uh, represented in uh, captions in every mm-hmm. issue by a a fictional historian yes. who's looking at this from the future and knows what happens. And it gives an even, you know, a distance, a satirical distance on the events we're seeing. And um, that's my favourite thing to do because I see what Marika Cresta, the wonderful artist on this, has done. Yes. And I can tailor that to, you know, individual expressions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just just give a, a, a historical perspective to some of this stuff, uh, and I'm I'm very pleased that uh, like like we have um, one of the greats of golden age comics editing who pops up in issue one, yes, and you know who is gone, you know, who's deceased by issue two, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, who has historical allegations against yes. him mm-hmm. yes. and um, who's never brought to book for that, mm-hmm. um, who's got a statue in the um, foyer of his comics company mm-hmm. um, of him. And by the end of issue five, he's still got an award named after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we're talking about, how the industry has changed, but also how it stayed the damn same. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what we're about. I'm I'm going to comment because I think the one thing, and I just read the first issue and I can't wait to read the second issue, is your it looks it looks at just the first issue it looks at everything warts and all mm, definitely warts and all you know and and it's not just about the oh, we're going to look at the dirt side of the convention, but mm. we're also looking at the bright side because it covers everything. Because yeah. we, we see Eddie and DJ, oh my God, they're so excited to go. The, the convention has moved to a bigger location. They can literally walk up and buy a ticket. I, I did the... my research, you see. In 1992, yeah. you, could, um, you had about 20 minutes to queue to get into, say, San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And it, you could buy a ticket at the door Yes. And so that's what they do. They are startled by the fact that there is a half hour queue. Mm -hmm. And um, that's one of the things I'm doing. Nobody's got a mobile phone in 1992. In 1992, the mobile mobile phone is for a millionaire. Yes. And um, 
you know, so it's that. It's the it's the perspective of a lot of stuff that yes. we think of as intrinsic to comic conventions. There's um, one of my uh, characters is is an actor um, who, in the first issue, has just appeared in Star Trek: The Next Generation as a Jeff uh, Kent. Uh, yes, Jeff Kent as a, a supporting character. Yes, and um, he is appearing on a television panel mm-hmm. at a comics convention. Mm-hmm. which everybody's a bit dubious about. I mean, why are they doing that? I mean, is anybody going to show up? That's right. Yes. And um, that's changed a lot. Yes. A lot mm-hmm. in that time. And um, so, yeah, it's that. It, it's the, um, uh, my favourite characters, I think, are the three, three English comicers. Oh, yes. Um, I, I, I have three English comics creators um, who are somebody who is very dapper, Somebody who is a cosmic explorer yes. and somebody who is a wild man. Yes. And I think actually that covers everybody in the first wave of English comic okay. creators. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's it, what writes satirical types, but there's nobody outside those three. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> and they are... Um, they are people I'm very fond of. Between them, I'm fond of I'm fond of a lot of the real individuals represented by them, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, their story uh, is kind of a heroic one across the five issues. Okay, and um, so I'm, I'm delighted by that. And um, yeah, so it, it, this is this is what we're doing. We are we are showing a perspective on the industry across time. Mm-hmm. Um. The other thing I love about the first issue, too, is not only are we getting the young creators, Eddie and DJ, we have um, your already your legendary creator, uh, Julius um, Krenunko. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Krenunko. He's the the, um, historical abuser who gets the award named after him. Yeah. Um, But also, too, what's really nice is that you have these two young girls with their father as they first go to the convention and they're so excited because they're one goes, I'm going to get a drawing of Batman, you know, and it's all it's we, we, we keep going with those two girls um, who are toddlers across the whole sweep of the five issues. Yes. And honestly, um, their bubble never gets punctured. They are continually delighted all the way through to the final issue because I thought somebody should be. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's see. Um, because that's me, honestly. I'm, oh, no, I... I'm, I'm somebody who's in love with several of these events. I'm, I, I would love... I, I mean, I... I San Diego Comic Con is immensely close to my heart, mm-hmm. and uh, th- there are so many aspects of that that delight me on a cellular level. Mm-hmm. And some of this, I, I'm, I actually pop up. I think it's an issue four mm-hmm. um, because I have an anecdote that happened to me, and I thought, well, rather than give it to one of my fictional creations, how about it's just me? Yeah, and I'm um, I'm very much the butt of that joke, oh. and. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just thought, well, let, let Marika draw me. And, mm-hmm. and she's made me very handsome, which is, is for the best. Mm-hmm. But um, she, I, th- I I asked her if she wanted to pop up on yes. a, uh, there's a, a women in comics panel where they first start to protest the idea of a women in comics panel. And I said mm-hmm. to her, if you, if you want to be in the comic, you could be on that. Uh-huh. So, um, but no, I, I just thought, um, 
you know, if one is the uh, if one is 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 not made to look heroic by an anecdote, mm-hmm. but instead the opposite, and it's a completely harmless anecdote, why not make it me? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I did, you know, I I'm there showing off my uh, my love for this convention too. So I'm going to ask, um, what was your first convention that you went? As a oh, fan, oh well, it was a Doctor Who convention. Um, it mm-hmm. was uh, a John Pertwee appearance in the nineteen eighties, maybe early nineties, oh, mm-hmm. uh, in a, at a London Doctor Who convention. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and shortly afterwards, I think, or perhaps it was before, I went to the enormous Longleat celebration where Doctor Who jammed. Um, tens maybe hundreds of thousands of people into a stately home that couldn't deal with it it's our woodstock mm-hmm. it's um uh doctor who fans of a certain age mm-hmm. that was where we all were you know that's where we all met each other and, yes um yeah so that was i think perhaps that's my first one yes mm-hmm. oh my god um how I'm off the cuff question. How many Doctor Who actors have you met, and have you got their autographs? Oh boy, let me see. Um, I have. Uh, I've worked with. Uh, I've worked with um, Eccleston. Yes. David Tennant. Yes. Uh, my wife wrote for Peter Davison, and I was there. Um, I uh, I know Colin Baker quite well. I know Sylvester quite well. Mm-hmm. I've worked. I've written for Paul McGann. Um, I met uh, Pertwee quite quite a lot. I met uh, Tom Baker fleetingly. I corresponded mm-hmm. with Patrick Troughton, um, mm-hmm. who haven't I covered? Never met Matt Smith. Oh, except there was that birthday party of Stephen Moffat's where I met him on the way out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, and um, uh, that's it. So, mm-hmm. so lots is the answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, off the cuff question: Since you are doing, um, you're doing the um, the the Hammer movie podcast. Have you met any of any actors that have worked in the Hammer films? Um. Actually, uh, today, because mm-hmm. we are dealing with a very late Hammer film, I've written for James Bolam, who was in Straight On Till Morning, mm-hmm. um, one of the late Hammer movies that we've covered. And my co-host Liz has written for Tom Baker, who pops up in a, in a couple of them. Um, mm-hmm. And um, but uh, no, not not any of the leads. I mean, my. My co-host Liz is a huge Peter Cushing fan, mm-hmm. and uh, we both wish we could have met him. Oh no, yeah, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, no, not, not anybody, not anybody who's majorly known for them. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Um, sorry, I'm going to get back to the questions. Um, I think I've probably covered tons of your your. Yeah. <laughs> I've just talked and talked. No, no, no. But I wanted to ask was like, you know, ever since the pandemic, have you been back to cons recently? Did you? Yeah, um, I, I, I came back as soon as I could, really. Mm-hmm. 
um, my two great loves are San Diego Comic-Con and uh, the Gallifrey One convention in Los Angeles, the Doctor Who convention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as soon as the pandemic allowed, yes, I did that. I, I got um, COVID for the third time oh off the God. last San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, and I think I got it off George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> which, you know, if you're going to get it, get it off somebody famous. Yes! But, um, but the third time round is kind of like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I, I think I'm pretty damn immunised now. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I have many booster shots. I've had it a few times. Yes. I think I'm going to get through this San Diego okay. And... <laughs> <laughs> But I'm gonna ask you, how was it? How was it? Um, how did it feel for you to be back at the cons after such a long? Oh, well, because you you are initially very nervous, mm-hmm. and uh, the the size of the crowds, the nature of crowds changes mm-hmm. after the mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Britain, at least, we've now very firmly pulled out of pandemic mode mm-hmm. yes so there's there's like the strange two years in our lives where the rules have changed yes and i, I cannot help but think that that left a, a footprint on our psyches mm-hmm. and every now and then i'll be in a big crowd and go oh shouldn't be mm-hmm. yeah. here this is wrong um but it's sort of like learning to buy ride a bike it goes away again you sort mm-hmm. of go back to your pre but um yeah, there is a a bunch of of stuff done to the human psyche by by the pandemic that we still haven't really dealt with. Yes, uh, especially mm-hmm. children. Um, mm-hmm. Our um, the uh, classes that uh, my my young son is autistic, so honestly, the pandemic for him was like, wow, I get to stay home. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I, I think he, he barely noticed the pandemic, mm-hmm. but. Um, the, um, but no, the the his classes the um they are different to the classes before and after. They are mm. much less socialized, mm. and um, there's that little blip of of children who who didn't get to hang out with all their peers for the longest time. Yeah, and uh, anyway, so I digress. No, no, no. It's all, no, I, I'm just sorry to hear about you know your son he stayed home during the pandemic and now he goes back to class and it's it's a little different. It is it is all the same to him. He, okay. he is um you know that, that is the nice thing about uh, about autism that mm-hmm. one 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 t- tends to treat the world like Spock. One treats it uh, as it comes with mm-hmm. a calm and equal nature. That's good to hear. Um, you talked about working with Ahoy and how great it is to work with Ahoy Comics. How did you team up with Ahoy Comics, and how, did they come with? Did Did you present this story to them, or? Uh, yes, I think I did. Um, I had been impressed by what they were doing, and um, I asked if I could do some stories for one of their horror comedy anthologies oh um, yes Edgar Allan Poe's Sniffer of Terror yes and and I was so delighted by the resulting comic and by the experience of working for them I pitched them a series and this was it 
Um, I'd always had in my head, you see, the idea that I would write a murder mystery set at one of the big comic conventions. Oh. And when Ahoy came out with comics that were comedic in nature, and that this is sort of their unique selling point, that they do comedy. Yes. Um, I, I thought, well, I don't necessarily need the murder. I mm -hmm. could just... You know, I could just talk about the stuff I want to talk about. Yes. And, and they, they were very open to that. So it, it's been a delight. Tom Payer, the editor, is one of the best editors I've worked with. Mm -hmm. um, I love the fact that every one of their comics comes stuffed with extras. Yes. You know, you'll get some prose or a poem or, um, you know, some. Uh, they, they, they feel like they should present a real magazine mm -hmm. with stuff in it. Yes. And that, that's very satisfying. That is true because I thank you for reminding me of all that because um, in issue one, there's a, a short story of why won't you follow my hamster on social media? It's, yeah. it's, they, it, they, 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 they've got uh, Grant Morrison writing them a serial across many of their titles as well. It's it's lovely. Yes. Um, how did you and Marika team up for this book? Oh, um, Ahoy offered me her, and um, oh, she did okay. some amazing character design. Yes. She she got the characters straight away. Mm -hmm. This never happens. And, um, yeah, she's just very good at um, acting, at character mm -hmm. expressions, at um, conveying what it's like to be in the line for a media panel all night, stuff like that. <laughs> I'm going to ask what issue are we going to start seeing those lines? <laughs> oh, about it's issue three. Or okay. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's right. Because the first issue they walk in, they yeah. they can go up to tables. <laughs> in, in, issue three, um, the lines are in place for TV shows like Heroes. Yes. And everybody's going, wow, Marvel have a, a movie called, a, a movie about Iron Man coming out? Mm -hmm. Iron Man? Yeah. <laughs> what a strange hero to start to, to yes. do a movie about. Yes. Yes, I know that was, that, when I heard that, that was crazy. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to give um, shout outs to um, any other, um, your team members that helped you on this book? I know you already mentioned Tom Pyre. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, like Paul Little, your color. Oh, yes, I was going to say the color oh, is terrific. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he's got a real sense of um, California, of that Californian sunlight. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, there are things like um, uh, a park which is home to both uh, those coming out of the masquerade in their costumes and the homeless, mm -hmm. uh, which faces onto the bay. And um, nice. th that has a very particular color feel to it, and he's mm -hmm. got it. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then I know Rob Steen is your letter and logo and logo. I think logo design. I think. Yeah, and yeah. a great job. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I think lettering is a very undervalued art. Mm -hmm. And then I think you're um, you have an associate editor, Daron Bennett. Is that correct? Oh, um, Darren is a um, uh, a master letterer, so okay. I think it will be his lettering company that has provided the letterer for this issue. So he's oh, okay. the the, uh, the the letterer general for. Mm -hmm. He and did then... the lettering on um, on uh, I Walk with Monsters, which was terrific. Okay, all right, and then I know you have um, 
the artist Mark, I know he goes by this name, um, his artist name, Morissette, the cover artist for Cover oh, A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some uh, lovely alternate covers, um, some of which are deeply worrying and satirical. And yes. um, I, I, I think some of them stretch the boundaries of what you would see on the comics rack normally. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's one which is just our hero in a big um, uh, comic convention bar mm-hmm. um, throwing up something green. <laughs> and it's very apt for the issue. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's weird to see on a spinner rack. It, yes. it, mm-hmm. it catches your eye. It brings you in. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now, the next two questions, I'm joking on this part. So, will Tom Pyre make a cameo in any future issues? You know, if... he really should. Yeah. Because he, he was there, he was he he's been there, he's done that. He's got an mm-hmm. immense history in comics. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I I didn't think, honestly. And Tom's no. very self-effacing, so I really should have thought. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm just, these are just, I'm just joking. Because I know he made a, he made a very subtle cameo appearance in the final issue of another Ohoi comic um, series, Guilt. Oh, it, oh, it was I pretty funny. Was... Excellent. Yes. He's kind of recognizable, it must be said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I'm joking on this question because as people know who've read Ahoy comics, Dragonfly Man was the one that they first start off with. So was it a mandate to always have either a Dragonfly Man cosplay in the background in, in your issues? <laughs> I, I think we've got something like that. I mean, the um, <laughs> the Death Master mask that um, uh, our right. actor decides to wear to go yes. incognito across the floor at the comic convention, and that looks quite like one of the established Ahoy heroes, I think. I'm going to say I remember because yes that's right because when um oh I'm go- Jeff Kent that's right yeah, the your yeah, actor yeah. I when he had the mask and he's talking to his his publicist I was going that mask looks so familiar I I oh, okay that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> All right um what are your um I'm going to start wrapping things up three more questions so sure. um what is your next convention appearance from now to the end of this year? Well, San Diego. I'm. I have. I think five things I'm doing. Um, the first of which has been announced. I'm doing a signing at the tour tour booth, um, and uh, that's as always. I, I, me and my little gang, we mm-hmm. have a hangout the night before mm-hmm. in a restaurant from which we can see the convention center. Uh-huh. And it's like we are prepared for good hunting over the next few days. And um, it's always the most extraordinary experience. We've got a couple in our group who've never done this before as well. It's oh always wonderful God. to see this through newbies' eyes. Mm-hmm. This is an off-the-cuff question. Um, I know you've met a lot of the Doctor Who actors. What was, you know, who... Um, comic book creators, who, who was the most exciting creator that you always wanted to meet and you finally got to meet well i i i mean i got to know stan lee mm-hmm. um 
I worked for, for Stan. Mm-hmm. And um, on the Boom um, Stanley line, mm-hmm. we, we, we all assumed, I think, going into it, that he would be kind of a figurehead, you know, yes. a little distant. And when the line was announced at Comic-Con, um, he was late to the to the announcement because, it, as it turned out, he'd had emergency root canal surgery that oh. morning. And yet, there he is, just 10 minutes late, bursting into the back, back of the room, um, calling out, hey, true believers, and coming up to the front of the front, giving us all this amazing introduction, um, summarizing our comics, um, saying why we will all be great to write them. And then backstage after the panel, having done the Huxter bit, yes. this is a man in his late 80s, having yes. just had emergency dental surgery. Um, he's suddenly all business. It's like, you've got to do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And then I remember... <laughs> hour-long editorial calls from him across the Atlantic. Uh, I think I got two sentences in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the sheer energy of the man. Yes. Th- those two levels, both sales and um, and talent and mm-hmm. actual editing. Yes. Um, I-, I am a fan. I was a fan before. Oh, mm-hmm. I Hugely a fan after. Um, Stan Lee deserves every bit of the plaudits that he gets. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, that's that's my answer. That was my favourite. I am I am privileged mm-hmm. to have been yes. in the presence. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. All right, have you and your family been to Hawaii? No, I'd really love to. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, where are you in Hawaii? I'm on Oahu. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So basically, we're in the major. Well, yeah. It's like you know, Oahu is basically the urbanized. You know, the cat. Yeah, you know, the state capitals here and so forth. Yes. Ah, okay. And uh, uh, it gives you this extraordinary time zone, doesn't it? I mean, your 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 everyday interviews with people in the states even must be quite quite mm-hmm. something. Yes. <laughs> But um, and so thank you very much for fitting me in across the across the hours. <laughs> no, I'm going to say thank you very much because I think for you it's it's almost what is it like almost ten o'clock your time ten o'clock at night? Oh yes, but you know it, it's it's not even dark yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final question. Any closing words to our listeners? Oh, I really hope you'll give Conan on a go. If you're a comics fan, mm-hmm. there'll be stuff you recognize in here yes. from your own experiences. And um, you know, I'm immensely proud of it. Uh, it. It's a story I really wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. All right. Paul, mahalo. Thank you in Hawaii. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to interview you. I wish you all the success with Con and On. I want to thank Hannah of Superfan Promotions for help setting up this interview. So, you know, and the advanced copy. So, Hannah, thank you very much. Thank and as you Paul, so much. Yes. And if and like Paul said, if you are a new comic book fan and, and are new to the conventions or a lifelong comic book fan and a convention goer, please check out Con and On. Again, it's from Ahoy Comics. The first issue comes out on Wednesday, July 12th. Issue two comes out on August 9th. I, I read the first issue. I love it. And like the reason why I love it, it's a love letter 
as Calvin Scott said, um, it's a love letter to convention. Um, it shows from, as, as we talked about, me and Paul talked about, it shows from every aspect, from two little girls um, to their first con to to literally Annie, the bar, the bar, the owner and bartender, uh, you know, to see like, oh my God, what is this going on? It's all, it's, it's all the perspectives, you know, but overall, even though it, the conventions are huge and so forth, it's, the thing I love about this, the first issue, and I know I'm going to love the other issues is all the little interconnecting stories that make, that really makes up these conventions. So, yeah. I want to thank Drew, the Coast of Comics for Fun and Profit, for putting this episode together. Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And Paul, I'm going to put a plug out for your podcast too. And if you get a chance, if you love the Hammer films, please check out Paul and Liz's Hammer House of Podcasts. So that come and you know, so if you get a chance, please check those out. I want to thank you, the listeners. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha. Thank you very much. The good folks at Comics for Fun and Profit have been doing two episodes a week um, for quite some time now, and it's all thanks to first of all Jason, and second of all our patrons who allow us to. Add the space on our server, broadcast more, store more, share more with you listeners. I'm envious of those of you who have unlimited storage and media server capabilities. We we pay for ours here at, at the C4FAP. It ain't cheap. We thank you so much for those of you who go to patreon.com slash comicsfunprofit and contribute at any level to say thanks to say, I want to be a part of your Slack channel conversations. I want to get exclusives. I want to get early access. I want to get ad-free access. I want to get swag. I want to get some free stuff. Whatever your reasoning is, we appreciate it at any level because it does make a difference. So from the bottom of Kyle and I and Jason's heart, thank you for contributing 